reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's all alone. Welcome to the Talking Giants Midweek Show. We'll do a little film review. Some Dayon Buchanan. I always spell his name wrong. It's more of Buck Cannon. Just remember that when you're trying to spell it. Buck Cannon. And we're going to answer some mailback questions. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you previously recorded with my co-host, Danny King. I'm in Florida. He's in New York. Danny, things have calmed down the past couple of days after just, I mean, the mob was out uh, on Sunday and Monday. It seems to calm down a little bit. Uh, luckily, I, I feel like we had a little bit of part of like relaxing people. Like, just come on. Like, let's not freak out. Anyways, we got Detroit coming up, but we're not going to talk about that yet. Danny, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I'm glad you got to Dion Buchanan's name before I did. At least I wasn't the one that misspelled it this time. But, I mean, I'm doing good. I mean, obviously, I've calmed down because, I mean, I'm still mad at what they put out there after having to sit through the rain, but I've calmed down. I mean, I can't be mad at this team because, you know what? All of us are going to be supporting them on Sunday, and, I mean, they could break our hearts again, but we'll be back again supporting them. That's what we do as Giants fans. They break our heart, but they always bring us back. But I'm doing good. And on a lighter note, because I, I know we got a lot of Knicks fans listening, we've got the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow. They're winning the championship, right? That's how it's going to go this year. You, you. Ready for it, man. Might have an announcement coming soon. Not going to say it, though. That's how you build up anticipation, Danny. I got um, it. I'll write that down. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I think, and we'll get to Day on Buchanan in a second, but. Like, because we weren't calling for him to be fired, but we were like, like trying to, you know, like we were critical. It's not like we like we weren't critical. And I think, you know, everyone's calmed down and been like, you know what? You can be critical and not freak out like Evan Ingram. You know, you see like, oh, he's got to go. Um, there's no way we should resign this guy. All he does is have drops. And I'm like, you know, he was averaging over six catches per game. 75 yards per game, had two touchdowns on the season before this and had zero drops, and he had two drops all, all 2018. It's just one of those things like where a drop just sticks out in, in your memory from last year, and you're like, oh, this guy has drop issues, and you see it repeated, repeated, but it's like, no, he he really doesn't. you know. And Evan Ingram is a really good playmaker and, and huge for the growth of Daniel Jones. Like, he's a part of this team. So I think people have really calmed down. Um, including ourselves. I mean, it's not like we weren't hot on Sunday and Monday, but I, th- I think we've all calmed down and, and realized this is a rebuilding team. And it was fun to pretend that, you know, we're one game back in the NFC East and, and hope we're going to win the NFC East and make the playoffs. But we are a rebuilding team. Um, there, you know, there could be pieces moved before the deadline. I, I figured we, I figured we just wait and see if something happens before doing that. Cause I don't even want to like say, Oh, I want this guy traded because it, it all depends on the move. 
it's one of those things with trades and I'm getting off, I'm going off on a, on a rabbit trail, but like, should Evan Ingram be traded? No, absolutely not. But you also answer the phone. If someone blows us away with some offer, someone offers us two first round picks and a player, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe we should, but it's, it's just one of those things. I don't, I don't even know what my point was with that. Obviously, I my opinion was very skewed on Sunday night because, like many fans that were sitting there in the pouring rain and the product they put on the field, obviously we were all pissed off that the Giants played like that. We just had to sit there and watch that. So, obviously, most everyone has calmed down. Obviously, everyone's people are still mad or questioning Shermer's play calling ability. But when you look at the tape, you notice that. We said it on Sunday, Pat Shermer's not the guy out there playing the game. It's the players, and, and the Giants had 10 days off, and they came out flat. That's not something – I mean, you could blame that on the coach, but you could also blame it on the players. They didn't come out to play for mainly that first – really. the defense had to step up till the second half, and they did finally step up, but the offense couldn't get anything going. So no one was really out there to play on Sunday. But, I mean, at this point – there's nothing we could do about it. We just got to move on to Detroit. Uh, this was a game the Giants should have won. Obviously, I know this is a rebuilding year, but like I, I'm not saying you don't. Every Everyone wants to see the Giants win. They want to see us go on a run. And obviously, this was a game they should have won on Sunday. Obviously, they did it. So now it makes this game come up against Detroit even more important. And so it's just got to be must wins here and there. But the trade deadline, I mean, you're not wrong in talking about it because after Sunday, there's what, what the two days until... The Giants, if they're going to make moves, they're going to have to make those moves. Obviously, if if the Giants lose on Sunday, they will be sellers. Uh, I believe that. Uh, not Ogletree. Uh, but we'll, we'll have a trade talk maybe Sunday night if they lose or something like that. That'll be something to discuss at a later time. So, But, yeah, I mean, they we, we looked at the tape, and we just – the Giants – just didn't come to play really on Sunday. The Cardinals just wanted him more than they did, and that's really the story of it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I posted a bunch of uh, clips on my Twitter, and one, one clip involved with Daniel Jones got very – it was very skewed. People were calling him – someone compared him to Mitchell Trubisky. I didn't agree with that. Then you got some people saying – Freaking out about uh, complaining about the touchdown pass because apparently yes Jones has not played well the past few games but you got to give guys the credit where he's due that that's annoying. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is the clip you shared where everyone was like, "Eh, this is actually bad." Was the touchdown? It's like, what are you? Are we back on preseason where we're saying his touchdowns yeah. are actually not good? So ridiculous. I re- I read those replies this morning. I was like, people are just out of their mind looking for anything to be mad about, and we were critical of Daniel Jones. Yeah, um, and a lot of like, and. I'm, you know, we'll talk about Daniel Jones after we get after Day on Buchanan. But it's it was funny seeing those reactions. It's like this is a beautiful throw. I don't know why people are mad about it. As I said on Sunday, the problem. Uh, we'll get into all that in a second. But I just want to say this: the problem with Daniel Jones' debut. Obviously, it went as well as you could have hoped for, and that, and that was just fantastic. But we live in New York, and people expect uh, greatness right away. So that debut in Tampa, that's what people expect it to be an every week thing. People forget he's a rookie at times, that he's going to make rookie mistakes. And we also we all know that stupid question that was asked. I don't know by who, but saying, like, would you go back to Eli Manning? The fact oh, that it that was went... Paul. I think his name was Paul Vasciano. I, I, honestly, I'm not super familiar with oh, him. Oh, the New York Post guy asked that? Yes, I believe it. Oh, jeez, I thought they were that, the good guys. Is that someone, Paul Vasciano? I believe that is. I believe that's I'm glad York. you brought that up. What a what an outrageous question. Like, And then... It was so funny, and there's guys we respect. You mean Paul Schwartz of the New York Post? Is that the guy? No. Was it Ralph Facciano? 
Oh, Ralph of S and Y. Yep, yep, that's what it was. Right. Okay. So, I, sorry, I, sorry, Paul Schwartz. I didn't mean to throw you under the bus there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, at least your true feelings came out of him. Like him, he's good. Um, yeah, it was Ralph Bastian. He got very, he got very defensive. Like this is actually good journalism. It's like, yeah, you're just trying to get a reaction. I couldn't believe that. Um, and I think people thought I was going to be mad. And I was like, no, this is just funny. This is just so funny. Like, you think about making a quarterback change? It's like, are you kidding me? Like, are we really going to ask this question and do this? And then, like, there was people we respected who are like, this is actually really good journalism. It's like, okay, call it what you want. But it was a stupid question. Maybe it was good journalism, but it was a stupid question. But I didn't get mad. It was just kind of, like, comical. It was the question that made you chuckle. I mean, at the Giants game, it was a joke. I looked over to another fan. I'm like, maybe we should put Eli in for a game-winning drive here. It's like a joke. And then you got someone that actually asked that question. The fact that a reporter, a guy that's that's his job, and he asked that question, is like, come on. You, you, that was the best question you could have thought of for Pat Shermer. Like, at that point, I see why Pat Shermer gets sarcastic with the media when you ask him a question like that. But, I mean, yeah, that, that that's my piece on Dalen Jones. And, and Ralph might be a really good writer. Yeah. I'm not familiar yeah. with him. I'm familiar with most, and I'm, I'm just not with him. So I don't want to bash him. Like, he could be a great writer and a great uh, journalist. He does both Jets and Giants. Okay, see, that just, like, that was just funny to me. Like, yeah. I, 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 I'm I, not, like, bashing him. I don't know enough about him to have really an opinion. But I just couldn't believe that. Uh, I, who, when you first saw that question was asked, who did you guess that it was? I, I thought it was uh, Pat Leonard of Daily News. My my gut was Kim Jones. <laughs> I forgot, yeah, because she was there on Sunday, and she was there for the Jets on Monday. I can't stand Kim Jones. I'll be just real. Kim Jones annoys the crap out of me. I did like that tweet she posted. She's the one who started the Daniel Jones or the Josh Allen, like, like Pat Shermer disrespects Josh Allen. She was that one. She was the one that started that. I I, I like Kim Jones here and there, but sometimes it's like, come on, you're just trying to stir up something. And Kim Jones, this is so bad. We shouldn't be doing this right now. But Make it friends right now. Yeah, we're off and real. And, like, we don't do this often. So if this is your first time listening, we really never talk about the reporters. Um, and we like most of them. <laughs> I just remember, like, the whole Odell trade. And Kim was like, he was nice to me. It's like, yeah, he was also kind of an asshole, all right? And so it's like... <laughs> it's like, like, two things can be true. Um, anyways, <laughs> we were talking about Dale Jones and like the Twitter comment section. We went off to a, a whole tangent about like someone asking Pat uh, Sherber a stupid question. All right. Day on Buchanan. Let's get to it. Let's cut out. Let's cut it out. Hey, get serious. Cut out the nonsense. We're professionals. I think because of like Monday was such a very like anger riddled show and passionate that and you've seen this with me, Danny. It goes from like that anger to just. Like like laughing, you know. Anyways, yeah. Day on Buchanan. This is a this is might be our worst show of all time. Day on Buchanan, <laughs> money backer. Uh, he was released by the Bucks. Only played eight snaps with them. Um, I heard some people with the Bucks saying like, "Listen, he, it was it was just too crowded when they when they drafted uh, Devin White at, at middle linebacker from LSU this year." We talked about him in the off season in the free agency time. I like him, man. He plays aggressive. He plays that money backer. He's played safety uh, under James Betcher in Arizona. He was with Bethea last year. He does stuff with the line of scrimmage. He's very versatile. I really like this signing. Now, I'm not sitting here saying he's going to come out and be the best linebacker. 
But if he can be what he was last year, then this is a really solid piece. Um, it allows Jabril Peppers to not have to play the money backer as much and can play play deeper a little bit where Antoine Bethea has been horrible. And it gives you the opportunity to pit, take Antoine Bethea out and, and throw Michael Thomas in, which I'm, I can't believe I'm saying. But like that, I can, I can see that happening. I, I think he's going to come in and be in the mix right away on Sunday. I don't know about starting, but I expect him to get a handful of reps. Yeah, he likes being aggressive, but the, the, the all, this all circles back to it. as good as the player Deion Buchanan could be right now. The biggest issue on the defense is James Betcher is it being aggressive. Maybe adding Deion Buchanan will make him feel like, hey, Deion Buchanan, he's a, he's a quality player. He's a very versatile guy. He's, he's, a, he's a guy that plays fast. Maybe now I can be a little more aggressive. As you said, you could put Jabril Peppard more into like a versatile role. I believe it was you that said it. Was that you that said it? That you can put your bill peppers more. Someone said it. I don't know. Well, of course it was me, baby. Of course it was you. I, I don't. For some reason I forgot if you said it, but I know people are are still. You can never please Josh hands. Yes, we signed him, but now people are complaining about the timing of it. Yes, you can argue he should have been signed a few weeks ago, but guess what? As we were talking about, it takes two people to like. I forgot what we said exactly, but it takes two people to make like a party or something like that. It, maybe to the tango. To the tango, like maybe he was looking for a a contender team. Maybe look at the Giants, like yeah, I got Betcher there, but they're not going to be a team contending right now. And then maybe no one came to him. They looked at the Giants, and he's like, all right, let's do it. And so now we're here. And so I believe he'll he'll. I'm fine with the sign. I'm I don't have no issues with the timing of it because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see how Deion Buchanan would have assisted this helping us win any games. That's just me personally, but he's a good guy to have on your defense because he could do so much. I just send that money back roll. So, and yeah, I'm intrigued to see how they use him this Sunday in uh, Detroit. It's going to be interesting, uh, but yeah, plus the Bucks only released him because also they got a compensation pick back. So, I mean, they just also did it to get a pick. Yeah, and it was a, it's a zero-risk move at the end of the day. So, it, it's you know, why not do it? Um, I'm definitely interested to see how they use him. If that, like I said before, Jabril Peppers, that puts him deep. He, he, I mean, he's been a very good player. He was kind of like the first guy to do the money-backer role, too, with James Betcher. So, he knows it better than anybody. I mean, even in his Twitter profile, it says money-backer. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what he does. And that brings up a point to me. Tay Davis didn't play a snap on defense on Sunday. I just find it hard to believe that David Mayo gets every rep over to Tay Davis. I know they did a lot of three safety stuff. I don't know. What do you think about that, Danny? Because I'm, you know, I've always been consistently kind, you know, relatively high on Tay Davis. You like David Mayo. Um, Any thoughts on that? I know I know I'm just springing that question on you. No, because in our pregame show, I thought brought up the idea of you could use Tay Davis to kind of like spy on Kyler Murray. I know they had the free safety look, but I would have used Tay Davis in that. David, I, as you said, I'm a fan of David Mayo, and I believe he's a better linebacker than Tay Davis. But Tay Davis, out of all our linebackers, has the speed and the versatility. So I was surprised to not see him out there. Yeah, he wasn't out there at all. So I was surprised with that. Maybe the Giants have lost faith in him, but I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe now Dion Buchanan he gets knocked down even further because obviously it's gonna be Ogletree Mayo and then Buchanan I assume. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what the deal is with Tay Davis. Um, I mean, you know, we'll see him by time the end of the season. That's just the way the middle linebacker spot works. So yeah, like the day on Buchanan signing. Um, so we gotta get the mail back. I do want to touch up on Daniel Jones. We did, you know, we talked a decent amount about him on the Monday show, obviously. But, you know, now that we went and looked at some uh, stuff, listen, I think this was just a rookie game. And 
considering that this was his worst game and like this was like a really bad like rookie game, it wasn't as bad as well. It, I don't even want to bring up Sam Darnold, but it wasn't like it wasn't horrid. It was just bad. Like there was time. Like and this is the this is this is like a perfect example of what it means to be a rookie in the NFL and growing. Daniel Jones loves to push the ball downfield, and I love that about him. But he's just got to learn to know when it's not going to be there and when you got to get that ball out quick. And he just didn't do that. Um, but I mean, you look in the second touchdown drive of the game. He got the ball out super quickly in there, um, and it worked really well. And they they actually ran like an all out blitz where in the, the earlier part of the game he doesn't get rid of the ball and it screws them. He ends up like it's a it was the one where it was really underthrown to Fowler, but in that other drive he gets it out to Latimer like catches the ball hits Latimer. So that's just kind of like it's just stuff he's got to learn, and we know he's got the mental makeup that like like cookie cutter mental makeup for what you look in a QB. So. Definitely not worried at all, um, and I think I'm po- kind of past the worry stage with him from you know everything we saw from him in college preseason and through these five regular season games. That's just that's just part of learning is knowing when to go short, when to get the ball out quick, when to hold on to it and make a big play, and you know that's just part of the learning process. So nothing nothing to worry about. It wasn't a good game. A lot of the sacks were on him, but you know what? He's a rookie QB, and this year is about building. Um, Yet, you know, that's Pat Shermer's fault, though, that he didn't get the ball out quick when there was guys open. Oh, yeah, totally. Now, I mean, you saw the, if obviously you follow me on Twitter and you follow my breakdowns on Monday night, you would saw the clip I posted of Daniel Jones when he threw the ball in the double coverage to Golden Tate. He had Saquon Barkley wide up for a check down. As you said, he wants to go for the big plays, and that's what I love about him. The, guy, the guy's got guts, but even though we complained about it with Eli, it was sometimes when you look at it, the right call every once in a while and with the check down or throwing it away. It's annoying to admit that after I'm just yawning like, Eli, you suck. You can't do it. And then I'm like, damn it. Maybe he was right sometimes. It's the funny. It's, it's all about balance where Eli did check down too much. Yeah. But like, remember, remember, okay. Remember after the Dallas game when everyone's like, he doesn't move the ball downfield. He doesn't push the ball downfield. He does a check down. And we went and like showed it on tape that, listen, you can't just chuck the ball downfield. Like, that's not football, okay? Yeah. You work the short to the intermediate game, and you take the big plays when they're there. So while he did check down too much and was too quick to throw the, the underneath pass, the majority of the time it is the right decision. It's just, you know, having that threat of going deep where, you know, against Eli Manning, everyone just let him, uh, you know, have that underneath stuff because they knew they, he wasn't going to challenge, at least for the most part. So it is funny to, like, well, just check down. And people were before like just throw deep. It's like you can't just do something. If you just throw deep, you get interceptions. So, and that was on a third and I don't know, twelve or thirteen. It's like, well, he didn't throw a check down on third and, and long, like everyone else was freaking out about. So, it's just little stuff. Um, he'll learn from it. And and like I said before, I'd rather rein in a QB who's a little too ballsy than try and get this really conservative uh, rookie QB who's worried about his stats and not throwing interceptions to take chances. I mean, look at Marcus Mariota in Tennessee. That's the story of his career. They can't get him to take chances. And it's, you know, now he's benched. So that's, I mean, that's what you look for. Like these are the mistakes. Like I know it sounds weird, but it's like, if if you want, if, if there's a mistakes that you wanted, these are the ones because they're, they're very fixable. They, you learn with time. This will be a a great learning game for them and we'll move forward. And I'm, I'm super confident in it. 
like I am obviously not many of you are crazy as that you're gonna go back and watch the all twenty two and the the and the condensed version. But if you look at it, you'll see many opportunities where Jones had a guy open, but he was just determined to do something else. On one play, I was recording the video I was trying to do, and then I I had the most legendary voice crack of all time. You'll probably never see it, but. Uh, th- there's this one play where I do every- have that video though. He, so he does hold that over your head. He could hold it over but my then head. You could like say the stuff that I say on our pre-show, and that stuff cannot be spoken to the public. Yes, it cannot be spoken to the public. But it- there's this one play where Evan Ingram ran an out route, and he had him, but Daniel Jones was determined to like, look at goal to take to get him that football. It's it- he's gonna look at this table. They're just gonna point to him and be like, look, just. Look! Look right there. You got a guy right there. Just be. He needs to also just look around some more. Sometimes, sometimes he's determined to get the football to one guy, and it costs him. So, as you said, that that question that was asked about benching Jones for Eli Manning, that's stupid. Because would why say this was Eli Manning in two thousand four? Would you have benched Eli? No, because it's learning experiences. I at this point, the Giants, the when they made the switch to Jones. They, they closed the chapter on Eli. There's no going back. We, everyone was saying that. The moment you close, start Daniel Jones, you, you the Eli Manning thing is over unless an injury happens. And now some people are talking, uh, that one reporter asked, would you go back to Eli Manning? You're contradicting yourself. People wanted Jones to start earlier, and then when he's when he's struggling, people are like, maybe you should go back to Eli Manning. So you, you just got to take the good with the bad. And hopefully... And I know some people, like, you see Patrick Mahomes dominating his first year. Obviously, yeah. But that technically that was his first year playing. He had to sit behind uh, Andrew. Uh, uh, what that? What was that guy's name? Oh, what's it? Well, who was the Chiefs quarterback before him? What's his name? Alex Smith. Alex Smith. How did I forget? How did I forget? Secretly, I know this is going to sound bad. I'm kind of hoping Matt Moore doesn't get hurt, but has to leave a game because I want to see Kyle Shermer out there. I want to see. Oh, Dan, that's true. That's true. No, but when you think of it, you got like Patrick Mahomes. Daniel Jones, he has Patrick, who I've called a QB whisperer in the past, but is not Andy Reid. So that that's an example right there. He, he had longer time to sit behind Alex Smith, and then he had Andy Reid. So Daniel Jones is going to have to go through these learning phases. And, I mean, the Giants aren't going to baby step him in. They're, they threw him out there, and he's going to make the mistakes, and they're going to have to take it and learn from it. And obviously, as as I said in the beginning of the show, I, I hate saying rebuilding, but the Giants are clearly rebuilding. They need to get themselves back on their footing, and Jones is just going to have to learn these mistakes and go forward with it. And hopefully next year, or, or at least in the next few years, Jones will get all these mistakes out, become a quality quarterback, our franchise quarterback for the future, and he will lead us back into Super Bowls and hopefully lift up two Lombardis like Eli did so. You just got to learn. It's learning experiences. you rather your guy learn these mistakes on the field. It'll make him a better person when he sees it on tape than have him watch Eli make these mistakes. And he'll just be like, oh, I could do that better. But he's not out there making these plays. Yeah. And last thing I want to touch upon before we move to mailbag, the offensive line. I, I don't want to go back through the sacks. There are, you know, We talked about them on the Monday show, and I, I broke them down individually on my Twitter and the Instagram and Facebook. So just scroll through there and, and you'll see them. And I, I retweeted them all from the talking giants page too. So they're there. Um, let's, let's not, they didn't, and they didn't even play good. Um, a majority of the sacks were not their fault, but they, I'm not saying they played good, but let's not freak out. Nate Solder is an issue and we got a mailbag question. So we'll talk about Nate Solder more, but you know what? Mike Rimmers has been a really good piece and we don't expect him to be long-term, but Mike Rimmers has been very good this year. I've been extremely impressed with. I've been. He exceeded my expectations for when we signed him. 
Kevin Zeitler's battling a shoulder injury, but he's been solid. He hasn't been dominant, but he's been solid. Will Hernandez has played really well. You know, a few mistakes here and there. And Jalapio, we never expect him to be a world beater, but he's not getting blown up. Um, you know, he's out there defending Daniel Jones. I'm happy with him. Nate Solder is really the only one where I can, I'm like, I could, would say I'm disappointed in. So I, I just wanted to put that la- that last quick mental note out there for for the O line. Danny, you got anything else you want to clean up before we go to mailbag? Yeah, in the O line. Someone asked me about John Jalapio, and I rewatched. I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, Jalapio. He, as you said, he's not a world beater, but he's doing everything we we wanted him to do. Uh, also, I want to mention you, you had Lawrence Tynes. Uh, Tweet out your not tweet out your like uh, whatever you do like we click it it just gets posted. They he, embed they embed your video that you work on, and you don't get any credit for it. I'm not, not bitter about it. I it, it really is one of my least favorite parts of Twitter. So like, you can make this great video, and that wasn't one of them. And all like and you just and all it just is it's just a little from Bobby Skinner at the bottom. And there's yeah. like and there's like NFL like accounts that do that with my stuff. Um, and yeah. that's why I'm trying to gift more stuff, but obviously you have to do the video. But yeah. yeah. Um, he was complaining about the offensive line not protect going the Jones fast enough, but Jalapio was over there in like a second. And Hernandez was there. Hernandez. So can I say something? And this is this is going to be blasphemous. Oh. I don't really like Lawrence Steins. Oh my God. He missed the first two field goals in the NFC Championship game. But he made it in the end. I know, but like, let's not, like, he was one for three. We had two game winners that he missed. I don't know why we laud him as this hero for being 33%. This then, is really but then, got 20, but then he got 2011 where he kicked it into the Super Bowl again. Yeah, I know. I just don't. I'm just not the biggest fan. I don't. I, let me put the, rephrase that. I'm not the biggest fan of Lawrence Tynes. I like him. Um, Josh Twitter's going to go at you. I know. This is really bad. I that should. was terrible. I, I can't believe you said that. Should cut that from the show. Every other guy on the team I love, even plaques. I don't care these John stuff. Oh, I do care. I <laughs> love that. those that O line is like my heroes from. They were Deer. there on Sunday. I know, except for Snee. I don't know where Snee was. Of course, he's um, hanging with Coughlin down in Jacksonville. Yeah, it was Deal, Snee, O'Hara, Soiber, and McKenzie. Like those are literally my football heroes. They really are. Everybody like Brandon Jacobs is is. Like, yeah, he's not the best running back all the time, but you know, I got the chance to interview him. Like, one of my favorite people in the world. The guy's so disrespectful, and I love it. I love that team. Every, I'm just – Lawrence Tynes, who is the kicker who missed two field goals in an NFC Championship game against Green Bay. He seems to be the loudest one of them all on Twitter. That's all I'm saying. Bro, Lawrence Tynes is a great follow on Twitter. He makes me laugh a lot. Bro, there was apparently, like – he, he literally made a joke that there's, like, no shootings in New York City this week for the first time since, like, this weekend for the first time since, like, 1993. He made a joke saying, like, I'm surprised with how bad the football and baseball teams played. I'm like, geez, Lawrence Tynes, you got no chill. But, yeah, I mean, that's David. If people do are solicited to this point, you just created a whole whirlwind of comments. Eh, whatever. All right, let's go to the you, you took the NFL. You took the NFL out of your Twitter handle. I did. All right, let's go to the mailbag before I freak people. That's going to freak people out more than the Pat Shermer stuff. All right, let's, let's take a break. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- it will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. 
from blues clues danny let's get into the mail you were really excited for steve right there uh, first question comes from matt carson at plug uh, it's plug but with a one underscore bankrupt he asked do you guys think we fire shula at the end of the year and hired jay grunin for play calling at the end of the year are there are, there's a chance shula is gone i feel like the order of coach is gonna fire first it'd be better than shula and then whoever else they feel the need to fire. But I feel like Jay Gruden, the problem is with Jay Gruden, he was not given the keys to succeed in Washington, in my opinion. So there's a very high chance he gets another head coach a job somewhere else because the Washington's hard to judge him on. Or I'm not sure where he could end up. He could maybe go with Gruden and Oakland. I doubt that would happen. But, I mean, I know you talked about uh, bringing Jay Gruden in as an offensive coordinator. I mean, I'm fine with it. I wouldn't be blown away because the problem is, though, would Jay Gruden want to come here knowing that he probably wouldn't be calling the plays? That's the main thing because whoever comes here as offensive coordinator, if they do hire a legit one, there's a high chance he's not calling the plays. It's still going to be Shermer. Yeah, I, I don't. The only way I, I see them bringing in a new offensive coordinator would be to call the plays. So if, if Pat Shermer uh, is calling the plays in year three, then they're just going to stick with Shula most likely. Or, you know, they'll get some kind of QB coach around the league to, to come in. I, I would love Jay Gruden. I really would. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if Shermer likes him. Uh, I don't know if Gruden would be interested. And, you know, there might, like you said, he might have a head coaching chance. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I really think Jay Gruden would be a great fit. He had Cincinnati at their best. He made Kirk Cousins look amazing with not a bunch of talent around him. Um and he loved, like, from all the rumors, he loved Daniel Jones. Like, he wanted Daniel Jones as his QB. So, I, and I think he has, like, the, the moxie and the, and the personality that to, like, stick up to Pat Shermer if there's something they disagreed on. It wouldn't be, like, you know, wouldn't be afraid to challenge him on things. So, I, I think I would love to bring in Jay Gruden. I don't know if it would happen. But as of right now, with me, like, out without going and looking around and, and doing that stuff yet because it's such a far ways out. I, I would love to bring Jay Gruden. I really would. Yeah, uh, that, that's the thing. Would he want to come here to New York? Next question comes from Jake Roberts at Jake Roberts 222. Yes, do you think Julian Love should start for Antoine Buffea? I mean, it wouldn't be much different. I know Antoine Buffea sucks right now, but at that point, if you are going to do anything, that would be like like the last week of the season type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to see Julian Love in there. Whether it's a nickel or safety, I don't even know what his position is really. Like, the Julian Love thing is weird, man. Because we had, we had, we had like real expectations for him this year. I, I just don't understand what's going on with Julian Love. It's it's very confusing to me. It'll be, you know, hopefully it'll be answered. But I, I would, you know, with Dayon Buchanan uh, in here, I would put Jabril at the at the plane deep again, and I would move Michael Thomas into Antoine Bethea's role. I really would. I, I, I just don't, you know, and it pains me because I like Antoine Bethea. He's been a very, very good player for such a long time. He's a leader. I love his attitude, but he's just not getting it done, you know. So, yeah, I, I would like to see, I would like to at least try it, you know, give him a series or something. That's the thing. Antoine Bethea, 
that's the thing. Yes, he's a good locker. I think the Giants of Fortune just got him as he hit the wall, and now he's just in the regression phase of his career. I hate to say that, but that's what I've got. And and I I hated to say this on my Twitter when I did the tweet of his missed tackle, but like I'm being honest with you. It, it, is there? I'm not saying he's like Curtis Riley, but I mean the missed tackles and stuff like that. It, it's it's Curtis Riley's had an interception at this point in the year, so you just got to take that into consideration. Maybe that's just me being very, I don't know, Adam crazy right there. But I'm being honest with you, I haven't seen a no. That's just disrespectful. It's not even crazy. Oh, it's God. not even the worst comparison, but it's just disrespectful to be honest, Danny. Don't you ever do that? Like, don't ever put Antoine Bethea. A Pro Bowl safety in the same, like the same sentence as Curtis Riley. <laughs> I don't care how bad he's playing. That's just disrespectful, honestly. That, I had that. my college teammates because I put out the John Halapio video, and he's like, he looks like so and so from our college team out there, and I was like, you disrespectful sob! Don't you ever <laughs> say that again. Don't talk about my stand like that. But I'm I'm sticking to it until he shows me something. I made the comparison, and it's going to be out there. Next question comes from Riddle. This Adams. show is is just going to ruffle some feathers. We called I out mean, the reporters. I said uh, things about Lawrence Tynes, and now you're comparing Antoine Bethea to Curtis Riley. This might be our most hot take show of all time. And we don't do hot takes, but this 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 is our biggest hot take show of all time. It, it happened. We, we were going to at least have a few hot take shows, and this is the first one. And who knows? It could get worse as the season goes on. But this is just more like we're just calling out people. We're not like going crazy on team hot takes. Next question comes from Ad Riddle. They do. He asks, what do, you, what do we do with Nate Solzer after the season? That's the million-dollar question. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we we were, we were hammering home that, yes, he's overpaid, but he's a quality left tackle. But right now, he's being overpaid, and he's a crappy left tackle. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I mean, they're, they're going to have to look at maybe potential options in the draft, free agency. I don't know what they're going to do with Nate Solder. I mean, clearly the Patriots knew Nate Solder was going to regress at some point. They knew he was getting up there, and clearly we're dealing with the regression because he is. He's been bad. He's the worst piece on this offensive line. That's that's the issue right there. Me and Bobby were talking about that. People are now, because Nate Solder is playing bad, apparently this whole offensive line rebuild is a failure. That's not true. One guy's playing bad. Yeah, it's affecting the the whole offense as a whole. But if you look at Will Hernandez, John Jalapio, Kevin Zeitler, and Mike Grammer, they're all playing well. Kevin Zeitler, let's make this clear, is playing for his uh, sh- uh, shoulder issue. Uh, Mike Grammer, who had back surgery, is playing great. John Jalapio, he's not a world beater, but he's doing his job. And Will Hernandez is playing great. It's Nate Solder holding down this line. And because of him, this offensive line, and Dave Gettleman is getting the bad reps. And the thing is, and we've been critical, very critical of Nate Solder, it was still the right move to sign him. We had to get someone in there. Like, I guess thought someone said, like, he's the same as Eric Flowers. Like, no, he is not. He doesn't have mental mis- – like, he doesn't miss assignments. Um, like I said, I-, I can't stand that he opens his hips so early. But once he's anchored in, he's pretty decent. Like, as much as, like, we're disappointed with him, he's not, like, the worst left tackle in the league or anything. Um, you know, he's had some games where he's looked bad. He's given up sacks. But I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like, yes, he's not been playing good. But it was also the right decision to sign him because we had to overpay somebody there. We had to come in and bring somebody in at that spot. I mean, I, last year, if you look at it, he didn't play well in the first half. Maybe he'll pick it up soon. Next question comes from Justin Pennick at jpennick 74 who was also at the game on Sunday, sitting there in that god-awful rain. He has, has Danny fully recovered from sitting in the rain for three hours. I don't know why I answered that like in the third person. Have I recovered from the rain? 
Uh, no, it's still very. I'm hearing rain outside the house right now, so I mean, at least I'm not sitting in it. Uh, that that was probably the worst game I've ever been at because one, they lost. They played like garbage, and two, just sitting there in pouring rain. It got bad when the third quarter started. It literally just started dumping buckets on us. It was it was awful. Throw in the other question too, because I want to answer it all at once. Yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot about this question. Still aboard the Dan wagon at Big Blue Drew. Me and him had a funny conversation because uh, I don't know. That's off topic, but I'm going to say it anyway because I already started. We, there's these guys on my bus who started drinking uh, like Tito's vodka at like 9 o'clock in the morning and started having Bloody Marys along with it. And he's like, that's just a regular Dan Scotland because I believe he's from Scotland. He asked, do you think New Yorkers are soft when it comes to being out in the rain? How dare you? All right. How dare I you? don't. You know what? And I, I'm not afraid to call New Yorkers soft, but rain, games, especially when it's cold, are the worst because you have to have like long sleeves and long pants on and you're just soaked. So if it was like an 80 degree, you could have shorts and a T-shirt on, then it's not the worst thing in the world. Just leave your phone in the car. But when it's when you have to have long sleeves on, it's it's the worst feeling in the world. I did it at the Pro Bowl last year. It's miserable. It's there's nothing good about it. Um, so, no, I, I wouldn't call them soft for that. And you know what? The, the crowd was pretty good and pretty loud for uh, for the conditions. Yeah, we were energetic for that whole game. There, there's this, Cardinal, this kid, uh, Cardinals fan who's like a kid. Like, it was funny. He's like, he's a Cardinals fan. He's like, I forgot. He was younger than me, I would say. But like every time the Cardinals would make a play, he would stand up and start clapping. His mom was like, don't, he's like, don't be too loud or else these Giants fans will call you out, Johnny. It was hilarious. This kid, he was literally shivering. It was I, I couldn't tweet. I like I was gonna be doing quarter by quarter breakdowns. I couldn't move my fingers. They couldn't function. That was how it was a cold rain. And as you said, that's the worst. My hoodie was the top, like my hoodie was easily like it gained like five pounds just because of rain. You just was, feel disgusting. Yeah, like, it was, it, like I said, if you're out there and and cargo shorts and a t-shirt, it's fine. You can deal with it. It's not the best, but you kind of embrace it. But it really does suck. It's one of the worst feelings in the world. And and the worst part was they literally gave out the crappiest poncho I've ever seen. It's like these little flimsy thing. I had to do a poncho switch at halftime because one, it was already leaking through me. Like my hoodie, every time I would put my hoodie up, the poncho hoodie, because they would sometimes fall, I would literally lift up and there was like a puddle of water that would go down my back. It was horrendous. It was it was bad. It, I, the worst game I've ever been to was the Carolina game because in the 2015, I literally lost all feel on my fingers and toes. It was like the maybe second to last week of the season. It was dead December, and it was dead cold. I lost feeling my fingers, my toes in halftime. So that was easily the second worst game I've ever been to. You want a pro tip on, on what to do raincoat-wise? What? This is the best decision you can ever make. People will laugh at you. But I did it at Daytona, uh, the Daytona race, a few years back. You take one of those big black trash bags, Free guys at the game did that. I it, saw free guys. The, it is so much better than a raincoat. It's thick. It is. Good motion of your arms. The hole is just the right size. It is the best thing that you can do. It keeps you so much drier than a poncho does. Yeah, yeah. And I it's, saw this. it's like a it's like a dress, so it goes down to your feet. Like it, it's it's the best thing ever. It's like go get ask one of the janitors. Like, hey, can I get one of those trash bags? And most of the time, like they're down on the earth. People, they're like, here you go, here you go, boss. Throw, and if he doesn't, like I'll give you, ten, I'll give you five bucks for one. You know what, Bobby? Let's create a business where we just cut holes in garbage bags and we just sell them. I guarantee they get more money than those crappy ponchos Medlife Stadium was giving out. We'll just, just walk. We'll just walk around with trash bags. 
Yeah, that, that's what happens in New York City. You got guys sitting out, like, the stadiums, and mainly, like, New York City, they're, like, selling, like, whatever they can to get, like, a free, like, five bucks or something like that. Yeah, it's brutal. All right, Danny, any more questions before we sign off? That is all the questions we got. All right, we appreciate you guys listening. A, 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 a unique show, a very hot takey show. We don't do that too often. We'll be back Friday with our pregame show of the Lions. The Lions are kind of in disarray. The team, the players are mad. They just uh, traded their safety. Damon Harrison tweeted about it. Darius Slay tweeted about it. We'll have we'll have the big play Slay matchup. That'll be interesting. If Darius Slay could get a big play. He will officially be big play Slay over Darius Slay. Um, so yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate all the feedback we've been getting. Tweet at us. Let us know what you think. I'm sure I'll get some Lawrence Times tweets. Anyways, we appreciate y'all. We will see you on Friday. Until then, let's go big blue.